Ayers on the Road, value-based parenting and life balance ideas from world-traveling family coaches. Here's Richard and Linda Ayer. Here we are. This is Richard and Linda Ayer with Ayers on the Road. Glad to be with you today, and we are thrilled that uh, summer is almost over. No, we're not. <laughs> are we Are we thrilled or not that no, summer's over? No, I hate to see summer go, but I love to see autumn come so yeah. you know it's one of those things well and our family's kind of dispersed we had them all here with us for so long and now they're gone and things seem so calm and lovely it's and peaceful but but we also miss everybody you know that's just yeah. how it goes well thank goodness for the internet wow we have been doing Marco Polo. I don't know how many of you are familiar with Marco Polo, but I'll tell you what, it is so fun. Oh my gosh, keeps us in touch with everyone all the time. But Linda, let's jump right in because we are so excited actually about the opportunity to kind of go back to some of our earlier books and try to resurrect or pull up the main thrust, the main messages, the main family and parenting and marriage aspects of everything we've ever written. And we're doing it in kind of an organized way. And today's just a really special day because we're on our third book, which is a book called The Discovery of Joy. And it's a long time since we wrote it, but as we've been reviewing it this week, really, Linda, that book was the precursor and the sort of theme and thrust of so much of what we've written since then. And I just want to say that you know, think about this, Linda. A couple of weeks ago, we were saying how everything had kind of converged on us as far as 50. We'd been married 50 years. We had our anniversary. We had just added our 50th member of our family with a new grandchild. And we had just published our 50th book. Well, this week, it seems like that same kind of convergence or alignment is happening with the word joy because... We're doing the show today on this book called The Discovery of Joy, this early book that we still love that we did and what the main messages of it are. But also, this is the birthday of my mother, Ruth Iyer. She basically took our book, this book we're going to talk about today, The Discovery of Joy, and a subsequent book called Teaching Children Joy. And out of those books, she, well, we were living in England, actually, she here in the States, put those books into a curriculum and formed something called Joy School, a preschool curriculum, which, you know, 300,000 families have now participated in. So it's her birthday today, and it's the beginning of a new Joy School year, and we're talking about this book on joy. So today, it's all about joy. <laughs> wow, and luckily, yesterday it was rainy and kind of gloomy, but today the sun is shining and we are sitting here looking at beautiful Bear Lake and realizing how much joy we have in our lives and how lucky we are. I hope that you feel some of that wherever you are because joy is <clears throat> the reason we're here, to experience the joy of life. And some days it doesn't seem too joyful, but... It really should. But you know, back back in the day when we were working hard on writing this book, The Discovery of Joy, and that we'll get into the title and why that was meaningful to us in a moment, but little did we know that that word would sort of become 
the key word for our whole lives. The idea that that joy is something deeper than happiness. That joy really is not only the goal of life, but sort of the modus operandi or the byword by which we ought to try to live our lives. That joy is a choice we make. Every day we get up and, you know, things may go well or they may go badly, but really the choice is ours whether we're going to approach it as an element of joy or whether we're going to focus in on our problems. Well, you know, it's interesting because now we are trying to pass this on to our grandchildren. Um, Richard has a bunch of grandfather's secrets. And I think the very first one Number one, is about joy is the purpose of life and a choice you make. And you know, we should distinguish right away, Linda, that our definition of joy is much, much different and much deeper, I hope, than the word happiness. I remember way back when we were working on this book, we were influenced by a little anonymous verse that we found, and we've never been able to find the source of this. We've looked it up. We can find it occasionally online, but it always says it's by anonymous. Happiness is a thing of here and now. The bright leaf in the hand, the moment sun, the fight accomplished, or the summit won. Happiness is a lifting, buoyant kind of thing that lifts the bird more surely on its wing. When things go well, happiness may start, but joy is secret smiling of the heart. Wow. This man can memorize things like I cannot believe. We have been studying the scriptures a lot this year and the New Testament. And his, when he served as a missionary, a young missionary, when he was 19 years old. Don't even calculate how long ago that, that was. That was a long time ago. <laughs> uh, the president of his mission requested that the missionaries memorize a lot of scripture. So over 200 from the New scriptures, mostly in the 200. New Testament. 200. And as we've been studying this, all of a sudden he just jumps in and starts repeating <laughs> Well, it just shows that my brain was much more facile back well, in those days. It is amazing how much your mind clutches when you are young. And I when mean, you really memorize. I'm trying to memorize lately things, and it's it is harder. so hard. But think about that last one, Linda, that happiness. You know, we all want happiness. We're trying to get into the content and the meat of this Discovery of Joy book now. We all want happiness, but it is variable. It's a variable thing. Joy, in our feeling, in our definition, can be a constant kind of thing because it embraces both sorrow and happiness. It embraces all of the mortal experience, but seen through the proper lens, through the proper perspective. And that's what we were trying to get at in this book, The Discovery of Joy. We were trying to say, how, how can you analyze this thing called joy. And remember we decided you could put, sort of put it in four different levels. Yeah, in fact, wow, going back through this book is just amazing because we have not forgotten about it. I mean, we have, we have lived by it in a lot of ways all these years, but it really is amazing to open this old book. Wow. Um, when was this published? In, in 1974. 74. That's a long time ago. And actually, we're coming up in the world because, as we mentioned, on the first book we did, it sold for three fifty. Now, this one <laughs> is selling for six. Six fifty. Wow, we've almost doubled by now. 
But you know, Linda, let's just review, let's kind of get a, a picture of this book and then the main purpose of the show today is how do we apply that to our marriages and to our families. But the first level of joy is sort of the physical level. It's, it's the vehicle of joy, the, the physical earth and our physical bodies and how much, how much joy can come from just appreciating this earth and its beauty and, and appreciating our bodies and how they function and how, how much ability they give us to feel things and touch things and appreciate things and so on. The second level is what we do with our bodies in the earth, how we form relationships and how we obtain achievements and sort of those relationships and achievements push the joy up to the second level. And then the third level is sort of fitting it all into a plan, understanding why we're here and why it's important and how things fit together. And then level four is a divine level where we feel God's pleasure. We feel the divine in our lives and the approval in our lives. And we tried to think of a lot of sort of illustrations of this. I mean, I remember we we were talking about how if you compare it to a car, level one is, hey, you've got, here's this car, it's beautiful, it's red, it's shiny, it's a car, you, you can get in it, you can look at it, you can get in it, it's fun. But level two is when you drive the car, you're actually doing something with it now. And level three is if you got to where you understood a little bit about how the car worked, how the engine worked, how the transmission worked, how, the, how it went down the road. And then level four would be, if your dad came and said, hey, you like that car so much, I'll give it to you. That would be level four. Well, I have to say I have one and two down. Uh, number three, how, how that car works is beyond me. I'm mystified, but I know so many people love delving into that and knowing how things work, and it's important to do that. Maybe not with a car, but with life. We'd spend a lot of time trying to get examples of how these levels work. We even used one, I remember Linda called, uh, you know, two little boys are mowing a lawn, okay? And they come out and, and the first level of joy is just that they, you know, their bodies are working, they're stretching, the sun's shining, the grass is beautiful. They're, 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 they're just there, they're experiencing the day. That's joy level one. Then level two, they mow the lawn and they, they see the accomplishment, they see the part that's mowed and they see how, how much nicer it looks than the part that isn't mowed and they're talking to each other, they're becoming better friends as they're mowing the lawn. So this level two of achievements and relationships. And then level three, they start understanding how grass grows and how the lawnmower works and they, this third level of understanding, comprehending comes into play. And then the fourth level, their dad comes home from work and, and appreciates it and says, boys, you did a great job. This looks wonderful. That approval is the fourth level of joy. And, you know, we, we just tried to build a lot of experience into how one level can lead to another. It starts with the joy of, of the earth and the body. It goes to relationships and achievements, then to understanding, then to divine approval. Well, it really is fascinating to think about joy, and sometimes life just gets so hard and so deep that we forget that that is what we're here for. 
I think, um, actually, we should mention that our dear friend Bobby Snow did the illustrations in this book, and we have not looked at this for many years, but she has done a fantastic job of capturing joy, first of all, with a little child asleep. Isn't it so joyful to go and look at a child asleep, especially one who's been naughty all day long? Yeah, yeah. There is nothing like going in and looking at a child sleeping. It, it just gives you so much joy. I mean, they seem to be feeling joy as they're sleeping, but it gives you so much joy just to watch someone so peaceful and so much, someone you love so much enjoying something. Um, I do think that art brings a lot of joy. Music brings so much joy to your life and moves your soul. Those are the kinds of things that you can't pin down and write down it is something that you have to feel that's right Linda and you know one of the one of the underlying theses of this book is that is that you should pursue joy you know a lot of people think of joy as a byproduct and you know you hear people say you can't seek happiness or you'll never find it it's just it just comes when you do other things we were taking a different view we were basically saying in families in relationships in the important things of life Joy should be the conscious objective, and part of that I remember we based on a, a wonderful quote from Joseph Smith that says, happiness is the design and object of our existence, and will be the end thereof if we follow the path that leads thereto. So the idea was, no, why think of it as something that might come or might not? Why not think about joy as a goal and actually pursue it on these four different levels. And so this book was an attempt to outline how you begin to pursue joy in your family. And of course, the reason, one reason we're so glad to have a chance to review these books is they're all free now. You can go to IresFreeBooks.com and get this book for free. And, and you may want to do that, or this podcast may be enough for you, but we just want you to think this morning or today, whenever you're listening, about not only what joy is, but how you can actually pursue it, how you can have a goal to find more of it every single day in your life and every single day in your family with those that you love the most. I think the time that comes in handiest is when you feel the worst. And so we'll talk about this in the second half. Hang on, because we have so much more to talk about on these four levels of joy. We'll be right back. Right back. Welcome back to Ayers on the Road. Here's Richard and Linda Ayer. And we're back. We're talking about something pretty ethereal today, but something that's part of all of our lives every day, hopefully, if we think about it, and that is the word joy. Joy is such an important part of our lives, and boy, we get so heavy laden sometimes we forget what a great time we're having. (laughs) And we are having a great time, even in those really tough days. You know, Linda, when we were working on this book way back when, I remember that... uh, we were also developing our writing style kind of in those days, and, and I was feeling that on some of these things, poetry worked better than prose to describe certain things. Let me read you just a little section. Um, Think of the experiences and moods of our world. Come now with us into a high meadow forest. 
The coat of the horse under you glistens. There's a mood here made of slow, steady hoof splashes and light driving rain, gusting wind. The forest as rain starts. Animals scurry. Straight timbers bend in the gusts and creak a little. Their deep green makes drops into emeralds that fit the rich mood. Lead gray sky so heavy and low that treetops gash it. And sometimes you ride through an even lower cloud and come out and even the gray-green world seems clear. We were trying to use poetry to portray these, these level one joys that we all feel of just the joy of the earth and the joy of our bodies. You know, I'm reading a book right now called And There Was Light about a young man in France who was blinded by an accident at age seven. And he, it is remarkable. He maintains the whole book, from the time this happened almost, that it is the greatest blessing of his life to be blind because he had, he had kind of had ESP as far as realizing what's around him and the important things in life. But it is really interesting. Even the hardest things can bring joy in our lives. And then in, in the second level of joy of relationships and so on, I, there was a little poet poetry or a little attempt that uh, actually is the first time we ever wrote about a story that we've talked about so much since. I met a Hawaiian once who was the embodiment of this joy. He was not the Waikiki variety, but a true Hawaiian who lived on the more primitive Big Island. He picked me up in his old car. I was hitchhiking. He asked where I was going and drove me all the way there. It took four hours. He wore only a faded pair of trunks. He showed me his favorite trees on the way. He explained everything to me with great animation and interest, almost as though he was seeing it for the first time himself, from the waterfalls to the flowers, from the lava flows to the rainforests, from how the trade winds caused the sudden dry deserts to how his feet had become hard enough to need no shoes. He said his name was Rusty. He was an uneducated man, but he had great knowledge. He was penniless, but not poor. His grammar was weak, but his voice was the strongest I'd ever heard. Other than his old car, he had no possessions, but he owned the earth. In some ways, he was the happiest man I've ever met. When we got to my destination, I said how lucky I felt that he had happened to be going where I was going. He said, oh no, I was only going to the grocery store down the street. But I can do that tomorrow. I couldn't give you a ride tomorrow, so I did it today. <laughs> <laughs> that old Rusty was a great guy. And boy, if more of us could see the opportunities right in front of us instead of feeling like we have to wash the windows before we can have yeah. joy for the day, it would be so great. And then I, you haven't read this, Linda, but this will bring a tear to your eye. That continuing on this second level of joy, the joy of relationships, my wife and I, in the days of our courtship, dated on two different levels. First, on a social surface levels of fun and commit, and without commitment, of light talk and the simple enjoyment of being together and sharing our time with each other. Later, we dated on a deeper, more emotional level of oneness and love and growing commitment, sharing our secrets and our souls. I remember one specific night when the transition from shallow to deep took place. I went home on that eternally important night. Sleep was far away, so I picked up a pen and wrote these lines. Sun's late glow on blue fading clouds, the evening sky above the new green quad, 
and later the misty valley, soft shadows, darker sky, but no wind, no temperature, an equilibrium night of spring, memories, campus, our campus, our memories, and we remembered so much of hills and hondas, of snow and smiles, but also last night I listened to your eyes, I heard your feelings, I felt the confidence and excitement of looking out at the world when your hand is in mine and my thoughts are ours. Linda, was I with you again or for the first time? <laughs> oh, I am married to the most amazing romantic. He's an undying romantic and I love it. Um, because those are the memories you remember and, and I remember more of disagreeing on everything that we ever, <laughs> <laughs> ever did. That I'm glad I really, didn't put those in a poem. <laughs> it really is interesting that um, um, you've probably never listened to anybody that has had disagreed more on when, where, how, how and why to do things. But it really is wonderful that there is romance in the world and that there is true love. And it really is a great joy, a thought to go to that second level of joy. We tried to write a little sort of on the pursuit of this second level of joy, the relationships and achievements. And, and I think we were on to something here, Linda. Achievements are one of the things that make us happy. Relationships are the other. Everything that prompts happiness fits into one of these two categories. There's a particular mood or a frame of mind that leads to the pursuit of each of the two. Achievements generally happen when we are active, animated, filled with elan. Relationships happen best in moods of calm, secure, relaxed, reflective quietude. Since there's no accurate single word to describe either of the two moods or frames of mind, We'll coin some, we'll create an image. The achievement-producing mood is akin to lightning. Things happen sharply and crisply like a series of connecting check marks, one leading to another. The relationship-producing mood is akin to waves, an easy flow of peaks and valleys, unhurried, unforced. Wow. We were trying to get into the attitudes of mind, which... You know, you need a different attitude to achieve things, check off your list, get things done. You need a different mode than to be calm and peaceful and extra-centered and empathetic and create a relationship. And it's so important to be balanced on those, don't you think? Because you do need to accomplish things during the day, but you also need to stop and say, who needs me to write them a note? Right. Who needs me to give them a call? and talk about some things. I think I'm gonna call Bobby after after yeah, this show yeah. and tell her how much we appreciated those her illustrations. beautiful illustrations. That if it just takes a moment of thought to get into the mode of the second level of joy and I think it's just so important. Well Linda, you all, I mean, again, this is where we learn from each other. I think when we were first married I was really good at achievements and you were really good at relationships. <laughs> I was really good at lightning and you were really good at waves and I think <laughs> we learned, we began to learn from each other. And now do you think we've switched? Because uh, do you think I'm more the relationships? You're more lightning and, and I mean, I'm lightning more waves. And I'm waves? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know but we've learned from each other and we hope that's what you're doing with your relationships, whether it's spouse or children or friends. So we're just trying to give you kind of a taste of this whole question of can you pursue joy? Can you 
analyze it and see it on these four levels and kind of get better and better. And the levels are really sequential. I mean, you know, you first have to just appreciate and be grateful for body and earth and agency and freedom and all the givens of, of level one of joy. But then taking them and turning them into real relationships that with commitment and strength within your family and things that are going to last forever and achieving things that really matter. That's great. And then the third level of trying to understand the plan and the purpose. You know, we've been thinking a lot lately and talking to some of our adult children about how spiritually in this world, there's really only two alternatives. There's not a thousand different ways you can believe. There's really only two basic ones. And one is sort of the atheistic view that everything is chance and chaos. And the other view is that no, things are part of a plan or a purpose. And you can just, you know, there's offshoots of both of those, but part of this discovery of joy is sort of arriving at the conclusion that the earth is not a thing of chance. It's a nurturing, beautiful mother earth that takes care of us and that we can that we can learn about and grow into and understand. So whatever your spiritual pursuit is, whatever you're looking into, whatever your belief level is, think of that as part of this third level of joy. Taking all the things you have and all the things you've tried to do, all your relationships and all your achievement, and trying to see them in a bigger frame as sort of part of a, a bigger purpose and, and a divine plan of some kind. This may sound so different than what we're used to thinking about and what we get constantly, the barrage on the media about the dangers of anxiety and depression and things that are going on in our lives that are upsetting us and so on. And we hear so much about that, but we don't think enough about our real purpose is joy. And it's so hard to get to that when we are anxious or when we are depressed and so on. But it is helpful to lift our spirits and think about these things that are really meaningful. It really is. And that's that. we see that and try to portray it in this book, The Discovery of Joy. That's why we named it that. That joy is not something that just happens or doesn't happen. It's something you discover gradually. You, you explore. You think about it. You strive for it. You analyze when you're feeling it. You try to feel more of it the discovery of joy and that the capstone of that is a spiritual quality. You sort of move from the physical to the emotional to the social to the mental and finally to the spiritual and therein lie the higher levels of joy, not only in your own personal life, but in your family, in your marriage, in your parenting. Well, it's something that we need to consider that we don't think about often enough. Uh, we know and really believe a scripture that we love that Adam failed, that men might be, and men and women are, that they might have joy. And that is what we're about. But on the day-to-day, -day, that is really hard to think about, unless we focus our minds on discovering the joy in our lives and really appreciating it. So we'd like to just invite you to, and thank you for bearing with us in this really wonderful opportunity for us to kind of go back and try to recapture the main message of some of the, the books we did earlier on and that have carried over into our lives today. But our challenge to you or our invitation to you would be to give a little thought to the powerful word of joy and decide if it's something you really can pursue and really consciously develop more of
You can go to IersFreeBooks.com and, and get the whole book if you want. I would love for you to ponder this. And we'll be back next week and talk about the fourth book we ever wrote, and you'll begin to see a sequence. So good luck with that. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.